Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meet dairy and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. Welcome to your show. Here's my mom, Amanda Wacky. It's Amanda Radke back for another episode of the Heart of Rural America podcast, the show where we highlight great people doing amazing things in rural America to strengthen the agricultural community we love and, and to support their families and, and to build their dreams on the land. And today I have two very special guests. It is leading up to a big week at Reverse Rock and R Ranch in Maxwell, New Mexico. And so at the helm of the ranch is Trent and Garrett Earl, who are getting ready for sale week. So guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Amanda, thanks for having us. So you guys just wrapped up getting all the video lots done and it's kind of crunch time leading up to the sale. I guess before we dive into the offering um, that you guys will be having available for folks, tell us a little bit about the history of the ranch. You guys aren't from around New Mexico originally, so tell no, us so, your story. So we grew up in uh, Yorkville, Illinois on a place called Sunny Valley Farm. My dad, Chris Earl, managed it for I think somewhere around 20 years. From a young age, we were always around cattle and farming, so that was kind of our roots. And then we came out here to New Mexico in uh, July of 2015 and been rocking and rolling here ever since. So I think we're going on nine years now, and uh, every day kind of brings in uh, something new that we haven't experienced before. <laughs> so Yeah, Trent came out here at the beginning. He's been here from the onset, like, yeah, summer of 2015. I came out the next summer, but... Uh, yeah, coming from Illinois, and then that Sunny Valley dispersed, and you know our dad he didn't want to he didn't want to uproot us right then. We were all in school and stuff, but he always had a dream of coming out west. So he kind of started the consulting deal, you know, kind of in that in that time frame there. So he didn't didn't have to move us away. And then luckily we he found this place in 2015 and was able to make the dream happen. And you know we've just been rocking and rolling since then. So. So you guys are a strong Catholic family, athletes growing up in corn country of Illinois and yeah. moved to the middle of nowhere, New Mexico. How, how <laughs> old were you guys when you moved out? Oh, so 2015, I would have been 25. Okay. I would have been 25 when I moved here. And I think I turned 23 out here the first year I was here. So I was like 22. So when I moved out, I came right down from, from school up in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I kind of got done there and came down here in, uh, yeah, May of May of 2015. So, so yeah, like 22. You can claim that South Dakota residency for a little bit anyway. Great <laughs> place to live. Yeah, we've, I, I, I liked my time up there. Yeah, I enjoyed Sioux Falls for sure. I like to go back <laughs> once in a while. 
You probably don't miss the snow, though. No, that's what's nice about New Mexico is the <laughs> lack of a harsh winter. I could t I could stand to have a little more snow, but. <laughs> now, your wife, Emily, did you meet her before you moved down to the ranch? Yes. Yeah, I met her. Uh, actually, <laughs> that's funny. I met her six months before I moved to the ranch. Perfect um, timing. <laughs> so, yeah, our uh, the first uh, date we ever went on, I told her that uh, I'm moving in six months, so we can either yeah. keep this going or we can just stop now so a little more history to the ranch too where our so it'd be our great grandpa we never actually really met him but so our dad's grandpa he had a horse ranch down at the the arizona mexico border and they would go down there all the time as kids and visit them and they actually came through this area quite a bit my our grandpa actually loves the town of springer new mexico it was like one of his favorite towns it's just down the interstate. Yeah, it's, a, so it's 11 miles. It's from kind here. of a, a tie-in. Uh, they were familiar with the area, so it wasn't completely out of the blue to come to this uh, part of the country, but it was kind of a big a big move. Too, so. Pretty pretty big leap, yeah. yeah. But the seed was planted, and obviously that, that love of the wide open space and kind of getting to be independent mm -hmm. yeah. on your own. I you know, have had the pleasure of, of going down to the ranch and, and visiting it and I'll be down at the sale as well. But there's like a shift that happens. I feel like you get out there and it's just like the rest of the world kind of disappears <laughs> and it's like in the best way possible, yeah. but you can't decide if it's like, if you're on the, like the moon or something, it's just like very vast, very beautiful, yeah. but yeah. challenging. We've used the slogan over the years that it's, it's where the, it's where the grasslands meet the Rockies and it's cause we're 15 miles from the base of the Rocky mountains. And then, you know, you go, we actually sit at elevation. It's one of the unique things about our ranch. And then, but you go, you know, you go uh, an hour to the East of us and you drop 2000 feet, you know, so you're, you're basically in the, in the flats again, it's a really unique location. And actually back in the day, they used to bring the cattle through here on the Santa Fe Trail. Yeah, you talk about challenges. That's probably what Trent mentioned is when we, especially when we first came out here, you know, obviously being from Illinois and all that was, the elevation was probably, you know, our biggest challenge. And it still is a big challenge for us and something we have to, you know, we're constantly focusing on when it comes to breeding decisions and all that, you know. We have customers that are higher than us, but we probably for, you know, for the summer or, you know, a few months out of the year so. You know, we're only at 6,000 feet, which isn't as high as a lot of people go, but we're here all year round. So the, you know, calves are born and raised here at the same elevation. So that's probably been our big challenge, but we've gotten way better at it over the years. And I actually, I think it kind of gives us an advantage at the same time that, you know, if that makes sense. So definitely. And your dad has said, you know, if, if the cattle can do well where you guys are, they'll do yeah. well anywhere. And yeah. I, I mean, that, that was true for us. We loaded up a trailer load and brought them up to South Dakota. And I don't think they'd ever seen green grass before you guys. <laughs> Probably not. After the, <laughs> the last three years, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the first few years we came out were really good. And then, you know, we last couple of years, we had a little rough spot when it came to moisture, you know, we just had to had to get through it. But yeah, I'm sure, you know, once they got to a place like South Dakota, they were like, whoa, what's, what's this going on? Huh? Well, they just, I mean, they honestly just exploded. They look yeah. in, in the best way. They look gorgeous. I mean, they're just, they filled yeah. out. So it, that's actually one of the things that we hear quite a bit from customers across the country, you know, cause we, on average, uh, I think we send cattle to about 14 or 15 different States uh, every year. And one of the big things we get back is that uh, it's just amazing how much, you know, they just, 
the the body capacity and everything that they 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 just do they exactly that they basically yeah. explode in a good way um yeah. you know when they when they get to grass it's got sugar and you know all that all that all that good stuff yeah, so it seems to be that we tend to have a harder ground harder grass yeah. and you know and then kind of they go to other places they kind of yeah seem to fluff out a little bit more and yeah it turns out turns yeah. out good so well, talk a little bit about your breeding philosophy. Like you said, you you have to focus on the heart health, the PAP scores, yeah. all the things to really thrive in this tough country. What what does that look like for you guys when you're making your selection pressures on on these uh, cattle? So it limits our bull selection from about probably fifty to sixty percent of bulls out there to like five percent of bulls out there. One thing that we do look at a little bit is we do somewhat take the PAP EPD into account. It's not a perfect EPD. It's a decent indication of what may work and what not. We actually do physical testing here on the ranch. So we've kind of matched up our scores with the EPDs and, and kind of seen some trends. But it does allow us to be able to maybe venture out into some genetics that when we first bought the ranch, you were just taking a blind shot. You know that, okay, we're going to try this bull and, you know, there was times where it just it didn't work. It, those were some those were some painful times <laughs> when you when you when you go out there and and you just see cattle struggling because what PAP does is that essentially it gets the heart the heart doesn't pause it just it just keeps pushing 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 and then it it pushes the fluid through the like capillaries which then gets into their chest cavity and their bellies and stuff and it puts pressure on the lungs and it, it basically their heart either just fully full out explodes or it crushes the fluid crushes their lungs so it's it's 100 percent something that we have to pay attention to but it, it makes our bull choices extremely limited especially going into our ninth year now you know we've experienced certain genetic lines that you just you cannot use here now that doesn't mean that we still don't try it we do still try it we do take our risks but you know some of that is because we still want to be competitive on the national level so yeah. we're not just going to confine ourselves to uh to what might specifically work here you know as i said before we do send cattle nationally so we we do focus on you know using genetics that are being used nationally and we also want to be on the on the forefront of the genetics so we we use a lot of stuff here that you know probably hasn't quite hit the popular end of things yet so there's a lot of bulls and stuff that that we'll use maybe a year or two years before they become popular or even maybe sometimes the opposite where we might go back and use a bull that maybe was popular a year or so ago because of some new developments or something in in that bull's lineage. So, so it's just, there's a lot of things to look at, but one of the things we do focus on is kind of trying to be on the forefront, being different. We try not to be in the realm of just having the same thing that everybody else has. So we, we really want to be on the, on the, on the forefront and cutting edge of, uh, of genetics. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by my dear friends at CK6 Consulting, a cattle business consulting service with a purebred Angus focus. I recently joined the CK6 crew, and I would love to connect with you at an upcoming sale. Check out the sale calendar at ck6consulting.com to learn more about opportunities to invest in elite Angus genetics coming from our progressive and innovative clients who truly exemplify what it means to be the heart of rural America. 
And for all your semen needs, visit ck6source.com, an online stud service that features some of our clients' top performing bulls. Give Chris Earle, Wes Teeman, Cody Fleeman, or myself a call with any questions or business inquiries you may have. CK6 is all about families helping families, and I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of it. Now let's get back to the show. So you guys have a passion for the the Angus breed and and yeah, you're you like to be competitive. You like to be at the forefront of a lot of things and you've put together a uh, a sale here coming up on December 2nd. It'll also be on DV auction, 120 or close to 120 bulls, 75 females, some embryo packages. I guess what sire lines or what are you particularly excited about with this year's offering? Well, I think it's probably easy to go with the popular answer of Deadwood just because, you know, we got so many of them. We had, there's probably the the dominant sire of, uh, of our offering, but he actually, we are really excited on him just on how they look. But I'd say between him and the Papa Bowl that we have we've used them really heavy we got some good white waters that are coming out of a full sister to alternative that we're excited about but i'd say between the deadwoods and the papas i mean they've really kind of dominated the offering i'd say most of our top bowls between between those two you know have been those and we're really excited about them they move well you know they're athletic you know they're muscled up and Honestly, we're ready to get them out of here quicker than later because I think they're ready to start breeding stuff too. You know, they're, they want to get out of the pen more than they want to stay in, which is a good thing. So, but no, yeah, between those two groups and then I like, I want to mention the white waters again too. We got a lot of, a lot of good looking white waters that we're excited about coming in this, uh, in this offering too. So I'd say between those three, the Deadwoods and the Papas and the white waters are three of the sire groups we're probably most excited about. Would you concur or do you guys disagree sometimes, Trent? I mean, we disagree quite, you know, I'd say yeah, quite a bit, but, agree but we, but we agree, we agree a lot. Uh, I mean, he, he pretty much hit it on the head, you know, Deadwood probably dominates our, our offering right now, but like you said, like we're really high on the Haynes Papa Bull. He's an excellent PAP qualifier for us. I think he's got like 17 animals or something in the sale. 16 of them have, have qualified for, for elevation, which is outstanding for us. And then they, they, mat, they match it body type wise as well. I mean, you know, phenotypically, they look good. They're not sometimes your typical like pet bull where they're, you know, a lot of times the pet bulls can get a, can get a knock on them because they, you know, they might be the lower end of your bulls or something. But, uh, but we feel like we can still push carcass and, and have them run here at elevation as well. And then, like you said, the Whitewaters, we have a tremendous set of Whitewater brothers out of uh, Alternatives Full Sister. They move like cats. They're, they're big, massive, big, massive bulls. Uh, they're going to go out and, and cover well for people. And then a, a group I, I want to mention, Plus Rawhide. Uh, we have sons out of him again. Rawhide's been a staple in our program for probably the last two to three years. He does a tremendous job for us, bringing moderation and depth of body and muscling to our bulls and our females. He's done an excellent job for us. So we have we have another tremendous set of rawhides as well. So looking at sale day, what can people expect if they've never been out to the ranch before? I mean, of course, people can go online and, and bid o- over the phone or, or online. Uh, you guys have free nationwide delivery, but mm-hmm. I guess 
guess when can folks start viewing the cattle and and when when do you kind of start gathering i guess so as far as cattle going over to the sale facility which is on the ranch it's just a mile east of the headquarters or a mile and a half we take them over the day before the sale so they are able to get viewed anytime that day uh once viewed any day. yeah but in in general if you're passing by and you want to stop through We'll go through the bulls with you. If we're not available, we'll let you go through the bulls on your own accord. They're just here. Um, they're they're here. Main yeah. main headquarters, kind of behind the house. So they're always ready to review anytime in the next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. Sure. But, and yeah, we'll take them before the sale, and then uh, on sale day itself. I mean, they're just everything pretty normal setup. They'll be all penned up, uh, you know, on the west side of our sale barn. You know, we'll have all the bulls, females, uh, you know, any donors that we're selling uh, donor lots on will be over there. And then we'll offer a meal, uh, you know, at noon before the sale. And yeah, just anybody that wants to come out and come view some cattle and have free food and, you know, just hopefully enjoy a nice day. So uh, (laughs) some windy ones, but uh, I don't know what the forecast says for this one, but uh, hopefully it's a nice one. Yeah, we've had some, some rough ones, but no, usually they actually turn out pretty good, but but yeah, so just a pretty normal setup and just just like to invite anybody that wants to, you know, come out. We're, we're glad to have them. So. And and you guys have gotten some rain this year. I uh, I probably mm-hmm. will never forget. I had reached out to your brother, Jeff, who does all the great photography work for the catalog that people see online. And I, it was the middle of the winter and I had started carrying Ariad on my website and I reached out to him and said, Hey, I, I got to get out of here. I got to head South. Let's go do a photo shoot on the ranch. You know, I figured it'd be beautiful scenery and high ground and, and no, no mud or snow to contend with. And the day I get down there, it snows and it's a, I'll probably never forget it. It was a muddy mess and cold and windy, but we have uh, to make beautiful. more trips down because we'll, we we'll, we'll take yeah. more of it whenever we, we brought we it on with us. Yeah, yeah. right. So. It usually, it seems like it usually takes uh, it usually takes people from wet states coming here and they they bring it with them and yeah. and then it, it leaves as soon as they do. No, so we were, pretty, we were pretty blessed this year. I mean, I, I seems out here. I mean, you can get it. Your neighbors can't, or your neighbors can get it and you can't. So you don't really complain about when it comes or how it comes. You take it when it does, and you're grateful. That it did. And we had a really good year this year, actually. I mean, we had more, we had more water, you know, here than we've probably had since the first couple of years we got out here. So we, yeah, we couldn't be happier with how this year's turned out. So it was good. That's a nice relief, much needed mm-hmm. for guys. You know, it, we're in a massive dispersal nationwide right now. It's, it seems like the, the rancher is aging. Average age is, is old and the prices are good. And it feeds expensive, so it seems like it's a good time to exit stage right and call it quits. What are you guys seeing? I, I mean, it, it feels like everybody's getting out, and I mean, you guys are probably a lot like me. Like you're going all in even harder and and buying more cattle and and trying to grow and expand and and be competitive on a national level. What keeps you guys going when everybody else is kind of freaking out and and just ditching this thing? That's it's it's a hard business. So I guess what keeps you going? Well, for me, I mean, I just don't know if I could really do anything else, to be honest. I mean, uh, <laughs> I've tried the nine to five job. It's not really for me. It's just always having something that, you know, like, for instance, here, you know, right now we've kind of, we cab kind of year round, you know, so it's just a constant, constantly having to be checking on cows calving or processing calves and then, you know, getting, making sure you know, everything's on time to be ready for your sale, you know, because sale prep doesn't just start in September, October, 
you know, for our set for our sale in December, you know, it really starts from the time we wean the calves so that we have a plan for those calves to grow them out so that we make sure they're ready for our customers by the time they they come here to look at them and view at them. And so, you know, it's just always something. And actually this year we had finally had water, irrigation water. So we threw making hay in on top of everything. And so it just kept us hopping. But uh, well, I think kind of on the opposite of what you were saying, like everybody getting out, like I kind of look at it like the opposite way of that's, you know, more opportunity for somebody that's younger is everybody's getting out, nobody's getting in. So I kind of see it as more opportunity for us. And then on the same point, just what we've done since we've been out here, just, uh, you know, seeing how much we've improved uh, the relationships we've built with our customers, with just everybody else in the registered business, you know, just the success that we've seen that we can have, you know, it only wants to make you do more. And then on the same point, you know, I think we're just, uh, I think we're just competitive and I think we're always going to be competitive and I don't, there's no sports for us anymore. We're past that point. So, you know, this gives us a way to be able to compete, you know, and not like in a, you know, this is, it's a friendly competition. You know, we know so many people in the business. It's not like a, that type of deal, but you can still stack yourself up and compare your, compare everything. And I think we, all of us in our family have always, whether we like to admit it or not, we like a challenge and we like to prove that we can uh, defeat that challenge. So I think that always kind of, kind of drives us too, is I don't think any of us have ever been, uh, we weren't ever allowed to be quitters. And that was, that was the best thing. I think that probably one of the best things we could have as kids is we weren't allowed to quit. And uh, yeah, there's no, there's no really quit in us. So there's no other way we know we, we wouldn't know any other way than just to kind of keep going forward and try to make it as best as we can for us and everybody that wants to be a part of it. The Heart of Rural America is presented in part by Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meats by Lynn's. Founded in 1963 as a Chicago neighborhood butcher shop and growing to an international supplier of high quality beef in the white tablecloth space, Meats by Lynn's is a four generation family owned business. The Lynn's Heritage Angus program was developed to allow for greater control of the end product, a focus on using elite Angus genetics while also managing the feed, environment, age, and weight of the cattle allows Fred Lins and his crew the ability to source the very best beef produced from the heart of their Angus program, meeting and exceeding the needs of their customers worldwide. Discover more at linsheritageangus.com and shop for beef at shoplins.com. Use code AMANDA20 to save 20% on your next beef purchase. That's a pretty sweet deal, my fellow beef lovers. Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radke Landing Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A, Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. 
let's get you some iconic green real tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it. And I think on that that competitive level, uh, for me, it's more about like beating myself. It's it's like sure. there, there's there's this challenge of, okay, I've got the environment I've got to contend with. I've got, in, if you're in the cattle business, something is always going wrong. Cattle are busting something or something's sick or you've got to get something through the chute or it's just, there's always something. And then, but I think when you have that drive and that passion, I don't know about you guys, but it doesn't feel like work, even though your whole life revolves around these cattle. It's like you love to do it. And it's it's this awesome challenge that you can't ever overcome it all because the next day brings a whole new set of challenges and unexpected right. hurdles. So it's 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 kind of yeah, it's a it's a fun game. But if you if you pop your head up and look around once in a while at how the rest of the world lives, it's like, oh, like people have like normal lives where they like check out of their job at five PM and they, you know, can chill on the couch yeah. and hang out and you know, you're probably worried about cattle or worried about what you have to do the next day or what didn't get done today. So I, I think, you know, talking to your dad, he does 130,000 miles on the road with CK6. And heck, there's a sale getting ready to start here in just a few minutes that he's got to deal with or, or help oversee. Um, but, you know, in his conversations with me, is like the rubber meets the road at, at home, that he could have the best ideas of things he's seeing on the road and things he'd like to execute on the ranch, but he can't do it without you guys just following through. And yet in just general society, we hear that young people or millennials don't want to work and we don't want to like get after it, but probably not in the people, you know, and the people you interact with, like the, the hard physical part of it. What do you see the future is people, do people want to do this way of life or is it just going to be a few of us? It's kind of a hard one. Unfortunately, in our area, one of the things that is creeping in is uh, kind of the yearling market. A lot of guys are transitioning from running cows to running yearlings because it's a little easier because they can't find help. So trying to find people to help you out is a very, very, very tough task. Now, there is people out there, you know, you you constantly come across young people that are trying to get into the business. One of the other challenges is finding banks to work with you. Not a lot of banks out there are willing to lend on cattle. Now, that may change in the future with, you know, cattle numbers being, being low and continuing to get low. The market should respond accordingly and start going up. You know, maybe that'll Maybe that'll change some minds, but but it's definitely something that you have to have a mindset to do it. If you don't love what you're doing, you're not going to last in this in this business very long. Whether you're a commercial cattleman or a registered cattleman, either way, you have to you have to love being out there on a Sunday taking care of a calf if it needs taken care of, or you know being out there at ten o'clock at night, you know doing something that you probably don't want to be doing, but you know you know no one else is doing it, so you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think there's still people out there that, that have that mentality. A lot of our customers have that mentality. Like Garrett said, we've worked very hard to, uh, to try and build good relationships with them. And, uh, and, and hopefully we, we answer their questions and, and do whatever, do, do whatever we can for them as best we can. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's the people relationships that, that really matter, you know, the. Uh, just just like the everyday stuff, if you, if you don't have relationships with the with the people out there, you're not going to go very far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I don't know if I have too many. Of, I just think if, if you're not willing to, you know, if you don't really love it and aren't willing to really fight for it, it's just kind of it's kind of up in the air. I think to see what 
the future is because it just like we've been talking about there's so many more people getting out than it seems getting in so i think it's just more of a reason just kind of take advantage of the now you know capitalize on what's going on right now and work as hard as we can to set up you know to establish whatever we can to set us up for for later for whatever does happen i like to be optimistic and think that people our age will want to you know work hard and continue this going but uh, we'll see if that's the actual reality yeah, I, I think they do. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of people hungry to get in, but maybe they don't have, you know, the generational ties or or just not quite sure how to get started. And yet every day I'm meeting people that are first generation that are wildly successful because they don't have any preconceived notions about how it's supposed to go. Sure. And so yeah. they're able to create these new pathways to profitability. But I think it does go back to people, whether it's connecting with your customers and serving and delivering on what they need or networking like hey i'm a young person i don't i don't have much to offer except for you know sweat equity and and a willingness to to bust my tail to help grow something but if you meet the right person that doesn't want to see their lifetime of work just loaded up on a trailer and headed to the sale barn there might be some great opportunities i think for young people if you're networking and going to sales or going to conferences and just shaking the right hands so I guess, do you have any advice for young people? I mean, you guys got started ranching at a young age, right out of the gate. Trent, you had mentioned, you know, a painful lesson, you know, learning how to select the right cattle for the environment you're in. And that's the thing in the cattle business. Every every decision you make is so costly if it's the wrong one. It's like, <laughs> yes. oh, you just beat yourself up. So yeah. I guess how do you approach some of those big, big decisions that can either move you move your business forward well or just send you backpedaling in a fit of just frustration? Well, hopefully you diversify enough that that one bad decision can be overcome by hopefully a couple good ones. But otherwise, you just you just buckle down and you and you get through it. And and you got to be able to change gears on the fly, I feel like. And everybody in this business knows that the plan you started with in the morning generally probably isn't what wind up happening that day. So, you know, like you said, it, it's a hard business. Things go wrong. That's uh, it's about the only guarantee to it. And uh, you just got to be able to overcome and adapt and 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 learn. And then, uh, you know, the biggest thing is is just learning from the past mistakes you made and and hopefully improving on that the next time, you know, so that you don't do it twice. That's the biggest thing. As far as young people getting in, uh, I think you mentioned it earlier. Sweat equity is yeah. probably the the biggest thing is is like i could say like for yeah. me like i didn't know much like trent was always the this was his passion from the moment you know he started walking you know i was like we talked earlier i was kind of we were all sports but i was a sports guy so i mean i guess for me just getting in and doing it every day i mean i've just i came in kind of with a blank slate and just everything i've learned is just from just working every day just whatever whatever needs to be done whether we're you know, setting up for a flush or vaccinating calves or it's calving season, we're feeding or whatever, just just kind of throwing yourself in there. I like to ask a lot of questions. I don't know if that's the best advice for everybody. I like to ask questions uh, and just being observant and learning, but just doing it every day because our dad says all the time, he's still learning stuff 30 years in, you know, he still sees stuff that you're like, man, I haven't seen that before. So just being in it as much as you can. And then, you know, just having kind of the patience and confidence that you're what you're doing is is the right thing and you keep putting in the work and it'll pay off for you 
So, uh, so we like did to look you guys at. have a, a lot of interesting conversations on top of pivots at two thirty in the morning? This, <laughs> this morning? I don't know if they're I don't know if they're interesting conversations, but we like to think we have interesting conversations out here. I don't know if everybody else thinks they're interesting, but you know, keep ourselves entertained. For I, I'd say they're time. probably lively conversations. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're probably not safe for this uh, family program. I would not guess. Everyone, no. every once in a while, they're not. Yeah, they get a little heated. So. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it's good. most part, it's really good. That's what keeps you from yeah. getting too cocky, though. It, it can humble you really, yeah. really quick. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. You get you get humbled in a hurry. We got to learn that real quick. <laughs> yeah, in our family, yeah, with all six of us kids, yeah, you got uh, that was kind of a rule in our house. You had to you had to be able to laugh at yourself because you were gonna. <laughs> You're gonna get it a little bit. So. Oh. Well, some sometimes these cattle are so stupid. It's like, like oh. example, <laughs> yeah. we're don't, we're calling Gavin yeah. right now, and Tyler found a a calf that was a little slow going. So he drags the calf in the barn with the cow, and you know the cow doesn't seem too interested. Whatever, it goes out a few hours later, finds a twin in a totally different spot. So he drags go, yeah. drags the twin in. Well, of course she she loves the free Martin heifer. Won't take the good bull. So yeah. we're in like a two week fight with this stupid cow. And I'm like, can you just do the right thing here? Just love the yeah. calf because yeah. every year for sure. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Or the time he's out uh, delivering cattle, and I'm getting ready for a speech in town, and I get a call that all of our weaned calves. This was just last week busted the panel right by the electric water and like we're running down the road and i'm like oh great <laughs> yeah. so I was, yeah. I was nice being in the middle of nowhere back when we were in illinois you know my dad would get a call like the cows are on the you know this busy interstate there's cars flying by here it's just like well they're just they're on the our gravel road that nobody's driving down you know i think we'll, it'll be all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be okay all right think about tell the story about the bear that was this is like very unique to you guys i'll never have oh, yeah. to worry about this the yeah bear in, so in, uh, in kind of the heart of the drought there all the lakes around here dried up so the bears really weren't you know normally they'd be eating well actually all the so all the fish floated to the top or were sitting on the bank so the bears were coming down to eat the fish we had corn sitting in our shop and they decided they liked the corn. So we set up a trail camera and I uh, caught it on, caught it on camera. It was about the, probably the, we caught two of them, yeah, two, caught, we caught two of them. Yeah. We caught the cub and the mother. Yeah. Uh, and the mother was probably the size of our mini excavator when she was standing up. Um, but that was, we caught them with stale donuts. <laughs> That's how they caught them. So yeah, the wildlife is in. We have we get a lot lot of wildlife out here between yeah the bears, elk, birds. We feed, but besides bulls, you know sometimes we feel like we're a, we're almost a bird feeding operation. We get a lot a lot of lows around here, but yeah, geese and sandhill cranes. Yeah, yeah. Then you got yeah, you got crazy politicians down there that want to take your guns and do all oh, kinds yeah. of crazy things, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, think that Mexico, I guess, can someone decide that the Constitution, you know, just doesn't matter, apparently. <laughs> that, that could be a whole part two episode, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could. Well, good. Yeah. That'll those be, are those that'll interesting be... conversations I was talking about that, you know, yeah. like to have around here. <laughs> we'll, we'll schedule that part of the conversation around the cooler after the sale. On <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, with one minute left, I guess, guys, I want to thank you for coming on, but anything you want to mention about where folks can get information on the the sale or follow you for more information 
So you can find us on Facebook, Reverse Rocking Our Ranch. We post updates to that anytime there's an update. You can find our catalog on angus.org as well as DV Auction. The videos are all up. And yes, we also have a website, reverserockingr.com. And we post updates to that as well. Our phone numbers are listed everywhere. You're more than welcome to call us or text us at any time. And we always do our best to try and get back to you and answer your questions as best we can. I think it's going to be worth the trip and I'd like to invite everybody down there. We're headed down from South Dakota and looking forward to a little getaway, Tyler and I. So we'll see you guys in just a few short days and good luck with the sale. Sounds great. Thanks, Vanna. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you found value in the message, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe and share to help spread the word. Until next time we meet on the Dusty Trail, I'm Amanda Radke and this is the heart of rural America.